Welcome to the Nordic Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farrand, owner of the company Horns of Odin. As always, before we get into to today's show i do have to give a shout out to our patreon it's obviously how we keep the lights on and how we keep things going and improving and bringing new shows and that's something i would like to announce today as well um i guess to start if you can check out patreon it's just patreon for slash naughty mythology podcast for three pound a month that works at about 10p a day pretty much buying me a cup of coffee you're going to get a bonus q a episode that we do with all our guests after every episode you get the whole back catalog as well so if you can't watch live um you can watch them all after the fact or submit a question ahead of time if there is a guest you really want to ask a question to we've also put the story time episode on that lower tier now so you get the story time episode with myself and Jonas lorenson where we read through a different saga or a different book related to Nordic mythology and the Viking Age. And they just tend to be a lot of fun, really lighthearted. Um, also, you get a patron hangout once a month. So there's a lot of stuff on there. And there's a bunch of other bits on there as well, like our Discord server and live chats to be able to watch the show live. But what's exciting for me is on the tier up from that, we do a new creator show, which we're going to be recording next week. And that is where a creator from the Viking crafts world will come and they'll demonstrate their skill live on the show and talk us through how they do it, what they do, the techniques, where they get their inspiration from. That's been a, a show that a lot of people have been excited to. And if that's not enough, we're going to do another bonus show um, because Claire Muller, who has been on the show a few times, we've been talking about doing something because we, we get on really well. So we're going to do a new show where Claire's going to pick little excerpts from a bunch of different stories and bring like a, a fun, exciting, lighthearted part of a saga or story that she thinks we should all know about. They, they'll tend to be like comical, but also unknown or unheard of things. So we're all going to be learning something. And anybody who's listened to our shows in the past will see that they're a lot of fun. Uh, don't forget our YouTube channel. A lot of people forget that you can watch the episodes and see all our pretty faces. And um, a lot of the times guests bring little text and pop-ups that they can show. So there's a, a benefit to that. And the recording time of the shows have changed to Sunday at 6 p.m. UK time. Makes it a little bit more accessible for all the people across the world who listen. I hope that American audience can now join and watch live and it's not the middle of the day for them. And I think that's about it. So let's jump in to today's show. I'm really excited about this. The topic I find is fascinating. So well, welcome, uh, Stina Sanis. And it's your second time on the podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for having me back. It's, yeah, I'm very excited oh, to be here welcome. again. Welcome. I the, the first time was a long, long time ago. Yeah, it's... Three or four years ago, I think. Let me, yeah. I'm just gonna see if I can pull up and see what what number it was because I remember it was in when I used to record in my old house in the bedroom. So it was even before I built the, the little studio in there. So it was, oh, it must have been a a really really early one. Um, yeah, I still remember. This was when I used to have a. So the company Horns of Odin used to be ran from the house and the stock used to be behind me. And rather than having all the, sh the stock on show, we used to, I used to pull a curtain on behind to keep it all covered. And Bob says it's episode, episode 45. 45. Yeah. So we're, we're closing in on 200. We're oh. really close. Um, it's coincidence. It's exactly the same, same time of year. I think I was in, I think it was in January. Yeah. So, yeah. Wonderful. Um, we were saying before, a lot of things have changed for you. You now live in Iceland. You yeah. Had a son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lots of lots of changes. So congratulations on that. Thank you. So we, um, do you want to maybe introduce yourself to people who haven't listened to maybe the first show? And if you haven't, do go back and listen to it. And maybe touch on the topic that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the reason how we know each other is because I run an Instagram account called Hellheimen. Uh, and uh, second reason, uh, or the reason why I'm here today is because um, I uh, 
pitched <laughs> the idea of coming here again and talking about um, Skaldic poetry and hidden belief uh, because I just think it fits the podcast really well. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I'm also a student at the Viking and Medieval Studies at the University of Oslo, but I'm, I'm on a break now. Uh, but this was uh, this talk is based on a paper that I wrote on one of the master classes. So it's been reviewed and approved at least by two professors. So it's not, I'm just not like, I haven't just read something and then we're like, oh, this is a cool idea. Like, so yeah, I just want to know that this is the, that's the context. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been approved by the real pros. Yeah. Is it, is it peer review, reviewed? Is that the right word? Is that, is that uh, the same thing? No, it's a, about, no, it's like a graded paper. So it's professors. Uh, Anders Winrot, he was one of my professors. So he, he might have been the one who uh, like uh, graded it. Okay, wonderful. Um, and uh, yeah, today's uh, topic will also be, uh, a lot of it is based on the work of Anders Svinroth, uh, uh, yeah, Professor Anders Svinroth, and then Professor uh, Margaret Clunis Ross, and then also Professor Michael Malles. So, mm-hmm. just uh, I'll, I'm referring to them a lot in the paper, but I, I just want to, you know, name mm-hmm. and also I've been this. I've also gotten some uh, extra help from Michael, Professor Michael Malles, to, uh, yeah, just to. Uh, know that i'm on the right track in the paper mm-hmm. so wonderful okay so the topic is he you probably best explaining it so yeah he then believes in uh skaldic poetry and then uh in halfred's saga and Egil saga so um um at first when i heard like um there's not a lot of evidence of heathen belief i was like what you know mm-hmm. what what do you mean by that of course there is uh like ri- uh, uh, written sources that is and so i was thinking like um you know um we have the epic poetry there's so much sources there but there's uh i mean there's no personal i'm uh, not a lot of evidence of personal belief mm-hmm. and a heathen themselves saying i am a heathen and this is my belief you have the uh, Eric uh, poems, which uh, the reason that's the reason why we know. Uh, I'm going a bit basic here because I know a lot of my so my friends and family who are not that into this will listen. So mm-hmm. Eric- no, no, I, I I always think that's a great thing because you know I I say pretty much every week at this point every podcast is somebody's first podcast out there and this will be the first time they listen to the show. So yeah. just touching on those basic things is always a great idea. So we have we have the Eric poetry, which uh, that's the reason why we know you know the stories of Thor and Loki and Frey and all that. We have them in the Eric poetry, and then we also have the uh, Snorri's Edda, uh, and so he uh, where he's kind of interpreting those old poetry. But this is the Edda, the Eddas are really old; they're probably from the eighteen hundreds and nineteen. 19- 900, 800s, 900s, uh, mm-hmm. year thousand. So, uh, there is some debate, but, um, yeah, I'm on the branch of the people who are thinking that they're that old. There are someone who thinks they're a bit younger, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, so they are poems, uh, but they're written by, you know, you, we don't know who wrote them, but the Scaldic poetry, which, uh, a lot of them are written in the same time period. We know who they were and, uh, that there were real people, and um, what's fun with Skaldic poetry is that a lot of times in the sagas, which are written in year like around 1200, 1300, mm. circa by uh, Christians, they used the Skaldic poetry to like say that uh, what we are saying now is true. So it, this and this and this happened. Look at this Skaldic poem tree. So, mm-hmm. so when you have Egil saga, you will have the prose the just a written text uh, history, and then you will have a poem inserted in the story by Egil himself to sort of verify that we are okay. in the truth. You know? mm-hmm. uh, and that's happening in also the King Sagas, for example. Um, 
uh, yeah so uh, but sometimes what's fun as well is that the poetry and prose doesn't always match the author kind of wants to have an agenda you know uh, okay yeah. yeah so for example in Halfred saga that i will just give an example uh, that i will talk about later uh he uh doesn't speak that much about his convert he's converting from being a heathen to christian and he speaks about that in his poetry but okay. the use a lot more you know time and effort to describe that because the author is christian so he wants to like really mm. make it seem like he's a good christian now but if you read the poetry uh it's not like necessarily exactly how it is so so if you read the saga, you will both find, you know, the prose and then the poetry uh, mm -hmm. together. And the pro and the poetry is uh, way older. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you, so all of the sagas are written by Christians and then they write about usually heathens and so and something back, mm -hmm. hundreds of years back in time. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, no, I find this a very exciting topic because like you said a lot of the things that that we know and understand about Norman mythology does come from the eyes of somebody either who's Christian in the case of like Snorri Sturluson or Ibn Fanland with with Islamic faith it's it's a, an outsider looking in and having that judgment on it and putting that spin when they kind of explain what they see and that you know, looking at it, looking at it as an outsider, not maybe fully understanding. Whereas in this, it seems we can take actual heathen voices saying this is what we believe, and hopefully get that further understanding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the first, um, the, uh, just to mention quickly, uh, the main sources we have about uh, heathen. Uh, belief is through archaeology and place names. So there's yeah. so many place names with uh, old uh, gods' names, Thor, uh, Odin, Frey, etc. Like mm -hmm. I went on a list to see like uh, the place names in you know in Norway, and it's just like I couldn't finish. It's it's so long. It was just like scrolling yeah. down. It's so many. Uh, so though, so that tells us that you know these gods were really really important to you know uh people in the nordic countries um yeah i guess, I guess it only gives a very flat basic idea you know if there's a lot of places named after thor yeah. then you could say okay people really clearly like this thor fellow yeah. but it doesn't really tell you specifically what people think and probably the same with you know archaeological finds it's yeah. a very kind of flat piece and and yeah you can look at the imagery and interpret it to yeah. be something but it's not the words of somebody saying yeah. i believe this that, that you know they're two very different things yeah exactly uh and in the beginning of when i was starting this paper i was just like what there's not really anything like that and it's not a lot of it that i was just i haven't i hadn't even thought about that before mm -hmm. and yeah so it's it is very cool so just for you know people who's watching it i'll, I'll be reading from uh like a summary i did off the paper so i'll be that's why i'll be looking another way a bit <laughs> no um, um maybe i think we should start specifically by maybe who who was Egil? um and like so, when when he lived who's who's the figure um and maybe go from there yeah so Egil he lived in 1910 uh until and he died in 1990 so he uh became quite old eight years old and uh, uh mainly lived uh in iceland he also had family in norway but he's uh yeah from iceland um and he's a heathen and um he's a scold and uh, like said, other... did yeah. you say 1990 oh sorry i'm so bad with numbers i'm so it's, sorry. it's uh, all right nine, nine, nine one zero <laughs> nine okay nine ten okay yeah, yeah per perfect <laughs> i just 
for a, for a second, I just wanted to clear that up before people were like, "This is bullshit." She said ninety. So he was alive in nineteen ten. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. No, 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 no worries. Um, the so, so nine, so nine ten to nine ninety. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yes. So um, and so he is known as this very kind of like brutal, super masculine, ugly, aggressive man. Okay. Um, and uh, that's like it's even says in the sagas like he got his ugly looks from his. Uh, I think it's his dad. Like, and he has more handsome brothers. So he's like, oh, and, uh, he's and, the unlucky one because we all know somebody like that where they're like a really handsome <laughs> family. And then there's just one of them who's just like, yeah, oh, what what happened? I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. So that definitely happened to Egil and it was, you know, pronounced um, as well. Yeah. So, but what's fun about uh, that is that he shares so many similarities with Odin, his favorite uh, god. And uh, Odin is also described as ugly. Like one of his nicknames is Ygr. Uh, which means mm. ugly. So he, oh. Odin is the like the ugly, ugly guy. The ugly guy. Uh, oh, but yeah. I never, I've never heard that before. Oh, he has so many, so many nicknames. Yeah. But that's yeah, that's one of them. That um, explain why he's always so angry and trying to make everybody fight all the time. Yeah, uh, and uh, Egil was angry, known as to being angry and uh, fighting all the time as well. Okay. Um, and uh, it gets more specific. They both uh, were like uh, known to be very good at uh, reading runes. So runekindi, like yeah, they were good rune readers. And uh, um, Egil also knew how to do magic, seder, which is also something that Odin was known for. And mm-hmm. probably a lot of uh, listeners know this, but that's a very taboo thing to do for for men at that time. Women were the ones associated with say that or magic mm-hmm. not men and it was you were kind of seen as becoming more effeminate or uh by associating yourself with magic if you're a man but Egil is this super you know manly macho guy who mm-hmm. is able of doing magic and same with odin everyone thinks of him as a you know you know a prototype man yeah, i guess yeah. you know yeah, but, yeah. Um, and he uh, is also known to do magic. So they uh, they both have highs. Egil was a chieftain as well, and uh, so they both have high uh, like a high status in society. And mm-hmm. um, they both uh, lose a son. So it's like there's so many. It's I just came to look at it, and it's so many parallels between both mm-hmm. and Egil. Do you think that's uh, a coincidence or? Some is probably coincidence, and some could be like Egil seeing Odin, like, oh, Odin knew how to, you know, allow himself to do magic, then why shouldn't I, you know? Okay. So, uh, and then, I mean, the, they both lose their son, Bodvar, uh, Egil loses Bodvar and Gunnar, and Odin loses Balder, of mm. course, and uh, that just has to be like a, I mean, that's just... A, Random coincidence, I guess, like so many people lost yeah. their kids at the time. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, there, it's um, there are a lot of, uh, and also Odin is the god for the skulls. Uh, the people, the men, usually, I guess, there are some women um, that we have, skaldic women as well. So mm-hmm. for the people making poetry, he was the skaldic, or the gods for the skulls as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, with that said, uh, I'm going to talk about the first um, poem. Uh, but um, before, uh, before we go into, before yeah. we get, oh sorry, yeah. before we get into like the specifics of the poem, yeah. I just want to understand a little bit more about. Yeah. So, did, is is he writing this poem down, and we and we have access to his firsthand writing? Yeah, or I mean, everything is probably like a bit, there's maybe some letters altered a little bit, I don't know, spelling here and there could be, but uh, I mean, this is Egil's writing. This is a man 
living in the not 1900s, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. in 900s. Uh, and this is, uh, yeah, uh, over, you know, thousand year old. Okay. Uh, that, yeah, that, that's what I was wondering. A lot of the time with this kind of stuff, you see, um, I guess it's either they're writing something older that's been passed down orally, like with the poetic edda, or it's, I you know, I, I see a lot of times, like, the original document was lost uh, or damaged. He is a copy. And I always wonder, like, how how accurate is that? I don't know. Uh, no, so, yeah, no. I was wondering, like, how, you know, what form we have, like, the original I mean, I don't know how, like, uh, so the text can be real, but the document can be a copy. Okay. That makes yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. So this is, I mean, I don't, I don't, it was very normal to pass things orally. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure how this, I, I'm, that's not my area. Unfortunately, I'm not sure how this, how all of this stuff has been, you know, or at least we know it's. No preserve, but in mm. old manuscripts. But yeah, it, I'm not sure how this is uh, preserved. But uh, it is, you know, uh, yeah. I know from you know the professors that I've talked to that this is, you know, the real deal. Yeah. So, so to people who are experts in this, have verified this yeah. to be his 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 words. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Um. So. Uh, Starting with a, a love poem, um, so it's um, after, which I also think is fun because um, in this he, poem he, you know, you think about like men who are described as egil that they're not really in touch with their feelings. Mm. Yeah. But this poem, like he's he's very much so. He's sitting alone, uh, being very sad. He's just, uh, you know, proclaimed uh, his love or said that he wants to. Uh, marry or be with this woman called Oscar, and she turns him down. And he's so just—that's uh, why he's such an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, he's so ugly. No one, no, oh. doesn't stand a chance. Oh, I feel sorry for him now. <laughs> we, know. he might be an ass, but we all deserve love. Um, yeah. No, they end up together at last uh, after some time. So it ends okay. it well. Yeah. He wore he wore her down. <laughs> Probably with po composing some maybe some love poems for her. I'm, that's just like whoa, this, uh, yeah, that is incredible. He really knows how to, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's go with that. I'm sure that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, also, just fun fact: uh, composing love poems to people became illegal in by in uh, text Grogos. We see that composing love poems to people, they it's illegal. Uh, Probably, oh. yeah. that's when romance died in the Nordic. <laughs> right, how could that? People think that... we're not very romantic. It's yeah, that's insane. Love is that, and yeah, that's when it died. <laughs> uh, when when was that? When did it become illegal? Uh, they are. I don't think uh, the sources are quite sure, but I think Grogos is from like it's like ten year ten uh, year thousand. Sorry, okay. like, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, around thousand year thousand, but it could have been, uh, yeah, eleven thousand, eleven sorry, eleven hundred, mm -hmm. uh, and um, but it could be before eleven hundred as well. Uh, but probably one thinks that it became illegal because it was seen as so it had such a powerful effect that you know the parents oh. or the girl felt like oh I. I have to say yes because this is such a amazing poem. I can't turn this man down. Oh, so it's 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 kind of akin to when somebody, you know, when people put on those gravitas uh, proposals in like a football stadium or a shopping center, and they get like a flash mob and put on this really big proposal, and it's like, oh, the amount of pressure on that poor girl there to say yes must be unbelievable because it takes, you know, it takes a big. Yeah. A big thing to be like, no, with all these eyes on you. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good parallel, actually. Yeah, because people would usually hear about it as well. Like, oh, this person, this guy composed a love poem for this girl. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah. So oh. that's probably one of the, yeah, one of the reasons, exactly. Oh, that's, that's fascinating. Um, 
Oh, this is not a love poem for Oscar, either, but um, it's uh, him talking about being devastated. And uh, the guy who comes and asks him, like, hey, how are you doing? Uh, it's uh, Oskar's uh, Oskar's brother, Arin um, Bjorn. Okay. Um, and I will, uh, I will. I've decided to skip reading that one because it's just uh, just to save some time. But uh, it's basically, I'm, I'll just say what it is about. Um, it's just saying that, um, like this woman. He won't say who it is at first because obviously maybe he's embarrassed, you know, like it was, it's his sister. Well, <laughs> so this woman rejected me uh, uh, and is keeping away from me. Uh, and, uh, you know, I can't even lift my eyebrows. Uh, and now <laughs> I'm going to put my nose down in my cape uh, and just like stay alone. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything more sad than that? He can't lift his eyebrows and you just imagine him having a cape yeah. like across his across his little nose and he's oh i like i just imagine a little puppy oh so it's really and also the reason why i'm bringing this in is because it egil is such a he is a, the what when you think about outside like a viking mm-hmm. he is a viking like he also he went to to you know making it yeah okay yeah so uh he is all those things that the stereo i mean viking is a problematic word in itself but i mean yeah yeah uh but when people like he is that but he brings so much more nuance to you know that picture of the man at that time like he was like it was also seen as you know it gave you prestige if you were a good poet uh, mm-hmm. and Egil is very personal he's very sensitive Mm-hmm. And that's something that's also been said about the people at the times, like, oh, the people at that time in the Nordic countries, they were not sensitive. They didn't have, they barely had feelings. But see, we say, you we see <laughs> a lot of feelings and he's, you know, really sad. Uh, and that, um, I mean, yeah. you know, spe- I, I've had the pleasure of speaking tons of artists on here and the there is always something about people who can tap into that personal side and allow their feelings to come across and usually people who've gone through some heartache or loss then leads to some you know artistic creativity and really brings something yeah. out yeah yeah definitely so uh onwards he say that um uh the ones who are known with um odin's drink will understand who the woman uh, who the woman is, the woman I'm talking about. So Odin's drink is another, it's a kenning. It's a, a way of saying skaldic poetry. So the ones, okay. but it's also a smart way of connecting. So he's also saying like the ones who know me and my story and the ones who know skaldic poetry and Odin, they won't understand the, who the woman is. But yeah. unfortunately, Odin doesn't understand. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he, he tells him after some time. Um, but he's just, he seems like very, you know, uh, he's just is expressing sorrow and longing for Oskard. Um, and, uh, you know, he's also been rejected. So he's like, it's like, uh, he, and making a poem about it. So mm-hmm. that's I mean, how more, you know, sensitive and expressive that can can it be it's one of the most personal things to like even today like imagine you go and like build up the courage to ask the person you like uh do you want to go on a date it's and terrifying you, and you get rejected and then telling about that to a friend it's very like oh yeah you know it is it's it's not oh it's not nice um and also yeah. it's you know i don't care who you are the if you're the biggest burliest quote-unquote man or you know it's it's an amazing feeling like being in love like anybody who's been in love like it's an addictive thing a lot of us act stupid when we're in love you know we can't get over it we we, you have to speak to this person all the time we want to see them all the time you just are obsessed um and it is such a lovely feeling so you know it's it's something that it's quite sad when it doesn't 
work, but also, you know, the ability to kind of just accept that and be, be proud of that and happy. And I don't know, it's, yeah, yeah it is sad. Yeah, it's it's really sad. Uh, but he gets the girl in the end, so let's yeah. hang on to that. He, he does. So that's that's good. Um, um, but this also uh, it shows that he's you know very capable of uh, being personal with you know people, but he's as we he's also very personal with Odin as as we will see in the other poems. Um, so uh, it's. Yeah, it kind of it, it says a lot about you know this person living so many years ago uh, and his qualities as a you know human. He was he was very personal with people close to him and also uh, you know Odin and the gods close mm-hmm. to him. Um, um, and he uses um, you know uh, Odin's uh, gift to um uh scaldic poetry to um kind of go through the heartache of what he's experiencing so it's yeah it's Mm -hmm. um using art art as a form of therapy yeah we see so many people who do that you know taylor swift is probably one of the most famous people (laughs) for doing that yep Angel was the Taylor Swift of that now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh. oh, bless him. He might be. He's, you know, he's he's a legendary now, you know. We're, we're speaking about him a thousand years later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so what, how, what can we tell about, you know, specifically, I guess, about his beliefs of heathen, as a heathen, what can we garner from all of this? So um, I'm coming to that in the next poem that will be a bit more uh, specific. Um, And there he is. um, He's in Iceland and he learns that Eirik... uh, So now skip scene, we are in Iceland and um, uh, Egil has just learned that Eirik Brodax has destroyed his property in Norway. And he's really, really pissed at, uh, and they have like a um, relationship uh, and quarrel that goes back into the, the family history as well. So this is, yeah. That's uh, a scary guy yeah. to damage your stuff. I mean, anybody who, you know, he's nicknamed Bloodaxe. It's, yeah. he's got it for a reason. I... Yeah. And his wife is Gudrun, which again, uh, hate as well. And she's known to be a witch or like a side corner. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that's people you really kind of don't want to have as enemies. But yeah, Egil and his family does. So um, uh, yeah, it's. Um, I'll start by reading it. It's uh, here in my version. It's Lose of Isur 28. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, this is Egil. Uh, and I'm reading, I'm trying to read it as well as I can in uh, reconstructed old Norse the pronunciation. So Icelanders who are listening will probably be like, "Oh, this is not correct." But yeah, oh, it's not Icelandic. It's yeah, old Norse yeah. for those who are interested. So, Svaskildi god gjalda gramreki band av hondum reid serogn og Odin ran min spær hondum folk megi lot flæja freyer og njørder af jordum. Ladies Club Astridi, Landos Dance de Grandar. So Egil is very pissed and he wants uh, he is actually commanding Odin and the other gods to be mad at Eric uh, Blodax. Okay. So he's not asking, you know, how you know we see uh, as in contrast Christian prayers where it's like very humble and please and uh, you know, I don't serve this. You know, it's yeah. very, you know, you're supposed to be humble. when. Um, but here it's just like, be, uh, so so he's very commanding a god yeah. to do something for him. Um, uh, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, he's uh, saying that he's very mad at uh, Eirik, uh, or at Eirik Brodex for destroying his, sacred uh place his um it means 
example, like a yeah, sacred holy place. Okay. So we have evidence of like here we have evidence of you know a heathen heathen talking about having a holy place, a pre- probably a place where he worshipped. And uh, yeah. we also um, see you know a way of talking to the gods, so which is was... just commanding, not like please or do this for me. It's like you know. Do, uh, do this. Do this, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I, I assume, does it go into any detail of what kind of place? Like, would it be like an altar? Because I, I see a lot of people making altars for people now. I don't know where that comes from. It's like a popular thing I see on Facebook all the time. Like, how do I make an altar for Thor? Or, and I I have no idea if that has any basis in, in history, but it seems to be a popular thing. Or... Is it more likely that it's maybe like an outbuilding, like almost like a mini temple type type situation, or do we know at all? From uh, just, uh, I'm not an you know expert on this. From but you know there are some ar- archaeological evidence, and some uh, that are. It seems like it, it's like an own its own building, or or okay. a specific pla- place. I mean, in Norway you have stone circles and you have that you know in england as well uh so uh it could be and also terry gunnell uh he talked about norwegians you know sacrificing somewhere specific to Mm -hmm. the you know the god of the body the thanissa outside the house at uh and i think there are some i personally think there are some links through to that and yeah yeah, I, i don't think it's it was common to have like a special, um, almost yeah, building if if you were rich and could afford it. But yeah. um, uh, and I think I mean, and we also have from archaeology we see like stat there the famous Thor, you know, little statue. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Uh, did they look like people are doing it now? Probably, you know, probably <laughs> not. But I don't think honestly, I don't think that matters uh like the most important thing is just you know that it gives you uh that an altar should give you a connected nuts through yeah. to, to the gods so whatever that uh whatever you need to feel connected and then if that's yeah. you know a specific type of looking altar that you know go on yeah things things do change adapt religions yeah. certainly change and adapt over time so it, there's no there's nothing wrong with how like I say, it's, it's however anybody feels connected, and as long as they personally feel connected, then nobody can really tell them they're doing it wrong. And I no. think it's probably bear, probably, probably bears in mind to remember that people had a lot more space back then as well. You know, even if you were relatively poor, you would have some land that you could pop a little outbuilding or a little post or or whatever. I think it's a it's a modern idea of you know people who have a land being you know wealthy it is connected to wealth whereas that's because a lot of us you know we live in these little built up areas right next to each other and you have your little your your house and that's about it whereas I would assume even back then that you know the even the poorer of people would have had some land to to farm on or to keep livestock on I mean, in Nor- both Norway and Iceland, it's like you can have one farm and then you drive for 15 minutes yeah. and then you go to the next farm. So, yeah. yeah. That, yeah um, that, that, that's, that's the thing. So like, that's why I think most people now will have like an internal little altar because that's all they have. That's They, they, can, they can spare a, a small corner of a room to, to build something. Whereas, you know, they would have had more space to put maybe something more permanent Yep. exterior exactly. especially if you're slaughtering an animal just a little bit easier outside i guess yeah yeah it's uh yeah i guess it pros and cons too well <laughs> yeah uh but yeah Agil is uh he's commanding that the gods should be angry with uh eirik and that they should um drive him away from uh norway the country and uh punish him so he's okay. uh yeah uh and then 
like in anger, like we can, like you, we can just imagine, like imagine learning that someone had destroyed your property on mm -hmm. purpose. You know, yeah. you would be really angry, and you know, behind anger is always sadness. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, so, uh, also, what I'm wondering here is, uh, I think we see traces of a normal, you know, way of talking to the gods or praying. Uh, I don't think, I usually don't think like if you have, it can't just be Egil who are, you know, talking and commanding the gods. Yeah. It are, it's uh, probably more people. Um, yeah, you would, you would assume if it was thought to be like a really disrespectful thing to do, yeah. he wouldn't put it in yeah, his project because he wouldn't want people to think he's an asshole. Yeah, you wouldn't put it in, in yeah, in imperative and saying like do this and yeah you know turn him away from the country and you know um so you see that Egil sees him he, he kind of he says it many times that he sees odin as his friend and um so you can be friends with the gods uh and uh, you know a political ally and um uh yeah um yeah, it, it just, uh, and he also mentions uh, Freyr uh, and Njord here as well. Uh, and Njord is a god we don't know that much about, but um, yeah, he's uh, mentioned here as well, which is very interesting. Um, so Freyr, uh, Njord and Odin are the gods who should, you know, punish uh, Eric Brulex. Um, mm. And again, Egil turns to Odin when he experiences strong feelings and yeah okay yeah. and um also uh again this was personal belief i think honors uh Vindrot, who has been a guest here he uh an article written by him he says that it's it was very common for heathens to have direct access through ritual uh but here we also see just personal direct access yeah. and we have to keep in mind that uh, Christianity at this time, it was you didn't have really a personal uh, relationship. You were with God, you had it through the church or the priest. No, yeah. so it's mm -hmm. it's definitely this is definitely heathen, and mm -hmm. it's not like messed with. Uh, yeah, so uh, the gods could be friends, and uh, uh, you sacrificed to them, and you expected something back. Mm -hmm. uh, and you could command them to do what you wanted. And yeah, it's also another much, uh, interesting thing is that in Havamon, it says you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't bloat or you shouldn't sacrifice too much. Okay, uh, yeah. Probably, uh, probably something to do with just the, the idea of gift giving. Like if, imagine if you give some, someone too many gifts, it, it's embarrassing, isn't it? Like, and they are, it's like, you know, it, creates like a uh so yeah, it's very care you yeah, it is yeah because oh, you know we've all blessed favors from people but usually you have to save your favors for something big like i look i need help please can you give me a hand with this but if you're doing it you know every single day or once a week you're asking a favor of somebody it yeah. gets it gets old they get frustrated it's like oh fuck, yeah. come on man leave me alone exactly. and it's so it's how it's so human and it, it i kind of i feel like it shows how human kind of, or close they kind of felt to the gods like oh you what mm -hmm. do it's common sense to do towards a person mm -hmm. you shouldn't do that either to a god so it's not good to bloat uh and sacrifice and ask for too many favors like be tactful about it yeah because we all know that person who would just be asking for everything all the time yeah, and doesn't he's, return the favor. He's not. He's never there yeah. when you, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all know them. Uh, <laughs> so you said that he, uh, Odin, and Njord should be the ones who yeah, are getting rid of Eric. Um, so in what context does he mention? Uh, you said Freya. Yeah. So it's all it's uh, Freya and Njord and Odin that he wants to. They he wants. And... Oh, okay. So it's all three of them. I I I didn't know whether he mentioned them separately. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, is there anything else we can learn about his beliefs? 
Um, so yeah, so we have uh, Sonatorek, which is the sun atop or the loss of the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there he he's, uh, says that he feels like Odin has uh, let him down. Uh, so I will read uh, those stanzas as well. Um, and the context is uh, Egil finds that his, uh, I think it's uh, his son Bodvar has died and he carries him to land and he mm-hmm. goes into his bedchamber and closes the door. And he's basically just lays down to die because he's uh, so sad. Um, and then his daughter, Torgerd, she uh, knocks on the door and uh, makes him, uh, at, she helps him out of the sorrow by making him uh, do poetry. Oh. This is the poetry he made when he was mourning his son. Or, yeah. Oh, he goes breaking my heart. Yeah. He is, oh. uh, I mean, he is, it's so much. So much stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Ota Gott with Gerstrotten, Gerdumk, Trigger Atrua Honom, Adr Vinan, Vagnaroni, Sigur Hövendur of Slate with Make. So basically, it's saying I was on good ter- terms with um, Odin and I came to feel safe to trust him uh, before Odin uh, broke friendship with me. So we see that. You know, he really saw Odin as a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I think that just is a new or a way of seeing, looking at them like they did see uh, gods. A friend at that time could, of, of course, also be higher in status than them. So it was probably mentally, it was like, yeah, they were my friends, but, you know, higher, mm-hmm. higher in status. But yeah, I yeah. think that's kind of like a new like to me at least i haven't read, like really thought about looking at gods yeah um they're kind of something other than i guess uh, you yeah I, I guess i wouldn't consider gods as friends i mean it would be nice it would be good to have a god as a friend yeah so i mean it's not something we're brought up with but seems like this was you know uh the case so, somewhat here uh, yeah I, lo- I love how much it shows just the humanity behind it because i think it's so easy to look at the past and just kind of forget that human nature behind behind people you know for a lot of the time it's just words on a page and you kind of think of it as being, you know, it's tough, it's hardship, people die all the time. It's, they must just be used to it. Maybe I don't, I don't know, but you know, they, the loss of a son, it was as impactful and devastating then as it is now. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of beautiful to, to hear that and have that kind of connection that we're all humans, regardless of it's now a thousand years ago, or probably, you know, five, 10,000 years ago, we're all, the same thing and we have this complex feeling of emotions and love for those who are around us and we bring in yeah yeah exactly um and then um the the next um poem the next answer uh he says that uh he no longer sacrifices to odin uh so it's it's really like an abandonment yeah uh but then he kind of says that uh uh Odin uh, kind of has compensated me by making me a really good poet. Okay. Yeah. So, and and he's, I mean, and he's also using uh, Odin's gift uh, to, you know, compose this poem. Because if you were good at poetry, it was a gift that Odin had, ge- like, given to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, 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 it's that idea again. I feel like we've been. Um, exploring a lot on the podcast recently of sacrifice of you know having to give give something to receive something you know he's he's lost a son but he feels like he's learned the the skills of a good poet um, and it is something that seems to be popping up a lot recently of you know a, you know, a pound of flesh to get something back almost yeah I mean it it is 
that like that in life. Like if you want to, you know, get fit, you have to sacrifice some hours, yeah, yeah. you know, working out. It's yeah. uh, just depends on, you know, what that sacrifice is. Uh, but yeah, we so we definitely see a hidden here talking about sacrificing. It's just too, you know, and it's not. So it's not just something made up by popular media or you know something it is you know you see here he's been talking about uh you know sacrificing so do you think that shows like a a giving up in belief in odin or is it just i'm not going to sacrifice to you anymore because i'm hurt like you know yeah. is it is it just that I, oh you know i don't we're not friends anymore you you've betrayed me you're, I still believe in you, but I'm just not sacrificing to you anymore because basically, fuck you. Or is it like, oh, I just don't believe in this anymore. I've just given up. No, I think it's like he's very sad and angry and just like you can be sad and angry with, you know, a friend who you felt should do something for you. And then they didn't. And I mean, many people have been, you know, said yeah. like, oh, I'm never going to talk to this person again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, like, no, it's, uh, so I think it's, uh, I, uh, he, he, I mean, he's, he ends up by saying like his, his gift of scholarly poetry is a compensation for, mm -hmm. um, but, but, uh, Odin, another important element of Odin is that he is a deceitful God and he mm -hmm. is known like his worshipers at the time must have known that he is, uh, very deceitful. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think that's one thing people need to remember is that Odin's an asshole. Yeah. Like he's just not as much as he's portrayed as this like old man with his little hat on and his yeah. walking stick or whatever you want to call it. Like that's the image, yeah. but he is a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, probably I'm, uh, Egil grows to be very old, you know, at 80 years old. So, um, yeah, that, that's it, a fair uh, age, yeah, it is. Uh, and, um, uh, uh, yeah, I also he is also said to be very, um, tall. So, he was, you know, a tall person growing to be, you know, very old for his time. So, it's just very a lot of, you mm. know, he fits very much with the Viking, you know, stereotype. Yeah, but yeah. He doesn't at all. Uh, when we see how, you know, in touch with his feelings. Yes. Um, and it shows that Egil really has like a close and personal relationship uh, to Odin and that bloating and sacrificing is, it's really part of that mm. uh, relationship. And it shows that he is expecting something in return, you know, and it's... That I feel like that's something that probably resonates with all religions, no matter who you believe in. Um, or even if you're atheist agnostic, there is something to when you lose somebody, this feeling of fuck you, how have you done this to me? And, you know, you see it all the time, whether it's Christians who believe in, you know, in God, um, you know, how many times do you hear, why have you done this to me? Why would you do this? Yeah. Um, and that anger towards, this deity who is made, meant to be all powerful. It's like, why, you know, why have you done that? And then that upset and that, um, that feeling, that's something that you, it probably runs true throughout it all. Yep, definitely. And, you know, this probably again doing, you know, specific sacrifices to, you know, keep Odin on good terms with him. And then he feels like, oh, he's nuts anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and that Odin has broken his friendship uh, with Egil. Um, yeah, so he's, it's a very sad uh, poem. He, uh, but again, it, it shows how, uh, you know, sensitive and in touch with his feelings, uh, Egil is. And it's, it's a, and also if you look at all three poems, like he, it is consistent, like he is very, he's personal in all the poems. Mm -hmm. uh, his personal with Arden Björn, his friend, his, you know, if it can't be more personal than, you know, hey, just go and do this for me. You know, yeah. that's, you have to know someone very well to speak with them in that manner. Mm -hmm. And then you also see this poem. So 
um yeah i just what i like about this as well it just gives you more insight and more you see a person more in uh 3d than rather this cartoonish yeah. uh i love it you can get a lot of understanding from people's actual words rather than just an interpretation of what this object this carving might be yeah yeah so thanks. okay so is that the end of of Egil? are we yeah. okay so what who who was the second uh Halfred is not um uh that's uh known but he was uh, a scald for um uh Olaf Tryggvason mm -hmm. so uh yeah again he's a, a very you know he's a real person yeah. that was a scald for in the yeah in the court of Olaf Tryggvason and he Olaf Tryggvason was one of the the kings in Norway who wanted to Christian Norway and I right. uh, hope I get the numbers correctly now 900 and he was born in 960 <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, and, uh, okay. and died in 1007 uh, so, okay. oh, so he only made it 47 yeah not uh not that old uh, no. so the saga is about uh, he had an impossible love for uh, a woman called uh, Kolfina. Uh, again, a lot of love at that and longing and yearning at the time. And mm -hmm. not this, you know, just uh, robotic uh, going toward people. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then um, it's about his conversion to uh, Christianity. And uh, Olaf Tryggvason made him uh, perform kind of a a poem, Skaldic poem, saying that he uh, wasn't Christian anymore. And then this poem, uh, it shows how much he is struggling to really saying that I'm a Christian now. Okay. Oh, so, so, sorry, you said he's not a Christian anymore. Did you mean he's not a heathen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, okay. yeah. Thank yeah. you. Uh, exactly. So I'm not a. I'm now a Christian and not. Uh, okay, <laughs> and and he's. He kind of shows how he's struggles to say it, and I guess he probably really feels under duress to say it as well. Yeah, exactly. And what's funny about that is he's actually describing a lot of heathen practices and beliefs under pressure, and he's still not, you know, imagining him saying that in front of a king, in mm -hmm. front of a court, and he's still, you know, you kind of see very well that he kind of doesn't want to give. Yeah. Uh, the Nordic gods up at all. Mm -hmm. um, Wonderful. So, um, I'm a bit. It's uh, how many stanzas are there? It's uh, yeah, twelve. It's one, two, three, four, five stanzas. I don't know if I should read them all or if if I should just you know talk about what okay. what they're about. Maybe that's better. May, yeah, maybe because yeah. otherwise, I think we might start to run out of time because yeah. uh, Claire's going to be joining at some point for for our little bonus show we're doing after. Um, yeah. I think uh, yeah. So um, so he's saying basically like, oh, uh, it was in the past that I performed. Uh, 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 sacrifices are brought to Odin, uh, and um, uh, but now people are not doing it anymore. So okay, um, again, but again, it shows that heathens and people were, you know, performing mm. sacrifices. Um, it, that, it's almost as if he doesn't want to say, "I'm not doing it anymore." It's the cultural norm has changed, sure. so I have to. Uh, regrettably also follow suit yeah exactly yeah that's it's yeah uh, my interpretation exactly mm -hmm. and then he says uh, next stanza it says um uh all uh all at all mine uh, mankind has performed uh uh praised odin uh and so they use the word hilly and hilly it can mean uh Praise, but it can also it has been translated to praise song or making songs. Okay. So I think that shows that people didn't only you know were quiet 
and send prayers mm -hmm. to themselves. It, if you were, you know, talking and sacrificing to the gods, it should be something said out loud. Yeah. Uh, and that's people did it collectively as well. Which, which uh, makes complete yeah. sense. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it's music is something that connects everybody together and also brings a, a very spiritual feeling when you have a lot of people in the same mindset kind of singing, chanting together. Um, and it's something you see run through in all walks of life, you know, probably a reason with like football fans, you know, when you get a lot of people in the same place singing a song, it's that group mentality. Yeah. It creates a specific type of energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, by just being quiet and, yeah. you know, that song. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's fun how, you know, this is a heathen kind of turning to Christian. They kind of, I like it when you don't have to, you know, learn something new like you you're you what you have had in mind kind of fits what is you know what the heathens themselves are yeah. saying <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah um uh, and it also says that all uh, mind uh, all mankind has praised odin so that's just how widespread it is it wasn't you know mm -hmm. it, it used to be everyone um uh yeah and, but, uh, you would you'd assume that in his world before Christianity kind of came along, the idea yeah. would be that they don't know, you know, yeah. people's worlds are very small. Yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, a thousand years ago. So to him, like everybody, it's yeah. just what it was. Yep, yeah, exactly. And then he says, um, uh, yes, I now serve Christ, but I would rather not hate uh, Odin. Okay. And again, Odin is the god for the skull for skaldic poetry. So again, if he gives up Odin, he gives up skull. Like he's probably afraid of not being a very good skull anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, it, it definitely sounds like somebody who's speaking again on under duress. It's I will say this, but also I have to because he could quite easily just say, "Yeah, I accept Christianity." Yeah. But he has to put that little bit on the end to say, but I would rather not have to give up this thing as well. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's a lot of pressure, actually. Uh, I didn't mention. Uh, but uh, Olaf Trygg was on The King. He's actually saying, like, that stanza was not good enough for showing me that you're a good Christian. Give me another one. So he's really like, come on, show yeah. me that you're a Christian. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then he, yeah, so that's how it goes um so it's never quite good enough no nope. <laughs> uh and then he also here but and here it says as another stanza 11 it says um he actually mentions how um god how odin is a deceitful god so uh um it it, it says that uh yeah Yes, uh, I'm not so fond of Odin because he is um, uh, false. And he, when we were doing uh, sacrifice to him, he would be deceitful. Okay. So again, this idea of Odin being deceitful, mm -hmm. it's again, it's, it's showing here in the poem. Um, so you can trust Odin. Um, and uh, he probably talks a bit sh like it's funny because like he uses this you know knowledge that is negative that but everyone it's it's an accepted knowledge and I feel like he kind of like says that it's it's safe it's safe to say mm -hmm. yeah you know <laughs> mm -hmm. so he's talking shit but it's like it's not really because everyone knows this everybody knows it yeah 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 um and um. And then he actually ends the poem with uh, uh, with saying uh, uh, that he uh, that he is he's forced to uh, like he's done with all gods, but he's forced to pray to Christ. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he he lays it out. Yep. Uh, yeah, but he's and he's also says that I am 
I'm done with the Skop Norna, the the creations or the uh, you know the Nor- believing in the Norns destiny. And again, it's like it's so nice because you can then go to the Eddas and read about the Norns Norns because the Norns are mentioned many times there so, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just think it it shows that you know the Eddas were man-made, but then it also influenced man. You know. Yeah. Um, and it's also um, so he's he's actually ending by saying I'm not uh, praying to or Nyrd anymore. I'm praying. I'm forced to or uh, I'm not. I don't believe in Nyrd anymore. But I'm forced or I have to pray to Christ. Yeah. Uh, and he's mentioning again Nyrd is not uh, that you know we don't know that much about him. But he he is also reoccurring here and yeah he's in mentioned book. in both yeah so it, it's it's nice it gives us an indicator of his importance um, yeah uh, yeah so and also he talks about how he used to to perform blot blot here as well mm-hmm. um, so uh, again this is it, both the poems kind of like it fits with how at least in my mind except from the Wiener that I feel like the friend aspect is more like a new addition but it's yeah. not really it's nice when you know archaeology and place names and then the heathens themselves like it all matches yeah yeah, yeah. it means we're hopefully we're on the right track yeah, yeah exactly Perfect. Um, yeah. wonderful um I think we're just about out of time yep. anyways I we we come to a good because that I find that fascinating. Like I say, I I love when it's people's own words, and you can really try to understand their thoughts and opinions. Because there's nothing better than when somebody says this, you know, this is what I'm thinking in this moment, and you can really then try to look at it. Um, so yeah, I I I love that. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. You're you're welcome. You're welcome anytime. Um, is there anything you want to plug or shout out before we let the the patrons ask you some questions um no i think um let's just get to it so i don't i know you have another guest coming up no no don't don't worry claire will wait we like I say we we're going to record a a bonus show that's going to go on our patron where claire brings little bits of saga little, little tidbits and small stories that she thinks we would find interesting um but there, there's no rush. She can, she can join us if she comes early for in the in the Q and A. Yeah, people can find me at my Instagram account if they want to follow. I guess for me to to plug is obviously just if you want to follow the business, Holland's Wording, me, Daniel Scofar, and one. Um, the podcast is not a mythology podcast on all the different platforms. Again, obviously the Patreon. I know we shout about it a lot but we put a lot of effort into it and it does help the podcast keep going and you get all the bonus material and we're going to do a Q&A now with you Cena where people are going to ask you some questions and that will you'll, you'll find that on the Patreon that'll go up there and you'll get all the, the back catalogue of those as well so yeah let's let's just jump straight into that mm-hmm.